and welcome to... I'm talking here! With... <laughs> it was good! Oh, you, went, it you, went, you went very nerdy. I did. Oh, there. cheers, thanks. Anyway, I'm Aaron Day. I'm Rob Brent. And, and here's Adam! Adam. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, Adam. Adam, how are you doing? I'm brilliant, me. I noticed that you're eating a blueberry muffin. Yes, but... Yeah. They're not blue. What do you mean? The grey. Hold on, are you telling me that you're currently eating a grey muffin? Um, a grey berry muffin. A grey berry muffin. Yeah. But you see, it's the thing, right? You go through your entire life thinking a blueberry muffin's going to be blue. Mm. And you never question it when you eat it, right? Mm. <laughs> but the blueberries are purple. Yeah. And the cake is grey. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So basically, it's lied to me on two fronts. Adam, have you ever And this had is why a... I'm voting Labour. So have you ever had a blueberry... Grey muffin before. I have, but I've never took note of it. Yeah. Like, you never think. Like, within life, you always get told, this is blueberry muffin, it must be blue. Yeah. And then you eat it. And you don't, like, look at it. <laughs> you wonder why you always get told. Like, you get like sat it's, down. Like, it's time to have the talk. <laughs> you do, though. About, like, the, about the birds and the bees have and you the ever blueberry noticed? muffins. I don't know. No! <laughs> have you ever noticed? Oh, have you ever noticed that blueberry muffin is not blue? Yes. Have you ever questioned it, though? No, because what's the point? <laughs> You're basing political de- decisions on it as well. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I don't trust the Tories after what they've done to Blue Ray <laughs> Uh Let's let's hold back on the uh, on the politics here, all right? We're a film podcast. Hmm. Yes. Not okay. Well, muffin podcast. Ad- <laughs> as if we started it off by talking about a muffin. Oh. Grey muffins like that. Yay, okay. Yeah, so anyway, what have we got planned for today, Rob? So, today we are going to primarily do a review of the film I Lost My Body. Uh, we were going to do another discussion around maybe like uh, best film where someone loses something, um, but that's obviously taken, so we're just going to have the review instead. And then, no, you, you, hold, on, hold on, you're, taking about, you're talking about the film Taken? Taken, yes. Okay, so what what... What gets lost in his daughter? Right. It's a pretty big okay. thing to lose yeah. minds. Yeah, yeah, that's like the ultimate lost film. Not lost film because that would be amazing. But having lost something and then trying to having lost something it. and found it, finding Nemo maybe yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is bad parenting uh, so far. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. Why losing, would it lose lo- that? Lose Innocence. Toys. They lose Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Oh well, no. And Woody like, goes off. Oh, Woody, no, yeah. Woody, yeah. Woody goes off. Attempts to murder Buzz Lightyear, like toy wise. Like yeah, but push him they... out a window. Yeah, I suppose. If toys, right, or push him down, toys down the side of a desk. Hmm? Can toys die? No, they just no, get No, I think that's even worse. Like Death Becomes Her, they're pretty much toys. Don't forget, in Whoa. Toy Story 4, yeah, toys are created just through pure imagination and sticking a spoon to some tack. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you was like going about your life like a spoon and then suddenly like you're alive. Yeah. But like, no, but imagine, <laughs> imagine you're a spoon, you're loving life, suddenly you've got arms and eyes. No, but you said, right, you just said you're a spoon, you're loving life. That would suggest you're already alive as yeah, a spoon. Yes, it's an inanimate object. Like, imagine, you if you, right, imagine if you weren't alive, then you were alive. But you can't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, imagine, but right? That, that, that's pretty much this all whole, of us, isn't it? This whole thing is going completely off the rails. I'm just saying, Because right? we weren't alive and then we were born. I know, but you don't remember that? Yeah, exactly. It would be the same for a spoon. Ah, oh, fair enough. So, <laughs> So you're saying spoons like babies? Yeah. Right, okay. Rob, what have you been up to this weekend? Oh, oh what have you been up to? I, to I got nice and festive. Right. So I put up my festive tree. My yep. Christmas tree, even. Or festive tree, sounds <laughs> oh, good as well. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so I put that one up. Uh, then I went to uh, Belsay Castle. 
little bit of a yeah very nice a, a plug for them plug, plug for english heritage and, uh yeah. national trust no english heritage yeah, thank that you. one yeah Plug for National Trust there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we did the Enchanted Gardens. And lovely. It was, it was lovely. Toasted lots of marshmallows over a fire and cried over the smoke. Of it getting into your eyes. Yeah, right. but very sensitive eyes. Yeah. If you bring an onion near me, that's it, I'm done. Oh. I just get washed away. You also shed a tear over Rob's gra- over um, Adam's <laughs> grey muffin as well. Yes, that wasn't anything to do with <laughs> sensitive eyes though. That was the ridiculousness of you talking about a muffin for so long, which we're still talking about, <laughs> yeah. like almost five minutes into the podcast. Adam, what did you get up to? Well, I went to Newcastle. Great. To work. Yep. Uh, then I went to the market. Yep. The market, Christmas market. Yep. Um, there were two on, I've mentioned a podcast, the women who stole oranges at the Helter Skelter Bar. No. These women entered and stole oranges from the bar. Is that your story? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Off, right? They stole oranges uh-huh. and then they went to buy drinks at the bar and paid with oranges at the stool. Yeah, like some pay like, with oranges? Like some sort of bartering system. Yeah, they were like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll give you two oranges for a drink. And, and did they accept the oranges? <laughs> yes, but they didn't give them a drink. But they, they, so they were just getting back their stolen property? Yeah, it was a strange night. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, right. Then what they did was they bought some glasses and then they hid the oranges in the glasses. And they wrapped the glasses up, right? It was mental. I what is this? <laughs> so the bar underneath the Helter Skelter, yeah. right? They, uh... What, hold on. Beneath the Hel... What? Right, hold on. Is the Helter Skelter the name of a bar? Or is the Helter Skelter... Is there an actual Helter Skelter ride? Yeah. Right, and then there's a bar underneath the Helter Skelter. Yeah. In the Christmas market. Yeah. In Newcastle. Yeah. Right, why is there a bar underneath the Helter Skelter? Cool. Why would you want to be served drinks whilst kids are coming down the Helter Skelter? Well, is, it for, is it for adults and you, like, you come out into the bar? No, no, it's just oh. like entertainment. Oh, that would be fun. That'd be amazing. That'd be Whee! brilliant. <laughs> Straight up to the bar. I'll have an ale. Yeah. yeah. So no, no, it's just the Helter Skelter. <laughs> the kids go on it. I don't went on it. I want to go on it, but I don't think they let me on it. Well, that's false, actually. That's because you look 27. That's why, with your beard. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, this should be inclusive. Like, ageism is just not the future. Yeah, but you can't fit in, like, the sacks. Like, they give should you a sack, big, don't they? Should have bigger sacks. I think, right, <laughs> I think people they should, like, cater for everyone for sacks. <laughs> okay. Do you get me? I do, I do understand what you mean about needing a bigger sack. I need a bigger sack, right? <laughs> I think we should get on with the podcast now. Can we move? Yeah, let's move on. After that ridiculous introduction to the podcast, of which we can only apologise, we've now thrown Adam out of the room. No, we haven't really. You're still here, aren't you, Adam? I think so. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Our job this week was to review the brand new Netflix animation, I've Lost My Body, which is a French animation, um, which is about a hand that has lost its body. And it goes back to try and find its rightful owner slash body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty much, much it, it, isn't it? Yeah. But obviously, it's a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Rob, introduce it. So it's a film about a hand that's lost its body. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's all you can say. And uh, I suppose this. Uh, I think it's a very hard one to say what it's about without spoiling. 
what the film is about because really it's a it's a, a story it's of a, a boy dealing with grief mm. and his place in the world yep. and what he wants to do um and and the awesome bits with a hand tracking down uh, it, its body yeah yeah um, so just to give some background to the film it is written by the same person who wrote Amelie right did you know that no one? i did not know uh, that um, and it is going to be France's uh, nomination for uh, the Oscars this year for Best Animated Feature, and they're also going to try and put it in for uh, Best Foreign Language Film as well. Um, and rightly so, because actually, my, uh, should we just jump straight into it and talk about expectations? Yeah, what were your expectations? I had none whatsoever, because thankfully I knew very little about this film. Um, I knew, I'd, I'd watched a trailer, I thought, okay, so this is going to be quite a strange ethereal is that the right word to use yeah if you want to yeah. use it a strange ethereal um film and i knew that it would be more than just the plot of a dismembered hand which comes back to life goes to try and find the the body that's supposed to be attached to yeah it's almost like a spin-off for the adams family <laughs> yeah 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 just less people turning on light bulbs through their mouths exactly yeah yeah that's all it's missing but I'd say yeah. that in terms of expectations, this got pushed through onto my Netflix um, quite a while ago. Right. And Well, when it first came out. Uh, I remember saying to my wife, um, oh, there's this really weird film about a hand that's seeking out its body. Yeah. I think Netflix really knows me. Yeah. And, uh, it was one that I was quite excited for. I quite like animation because of what you can do with animation. You're not really that restricted. Like you need a big, you'd need a big budget to actually make it a decent film. But using animation gives it a lot of... Um, Interests. I quite like the animation there, so I was excited about that. And again, I didn't really know much about it, which is exactly how I like to go into a film. So, what did you think of it? Oh, oh no, oh, you didn't watch Adam, it. Adam, Adam hasn't seen it. What are your expectations of it before yes. we spoil it? I don't know. There's a hand looking for his body. Um, don't know. What sort of animation style is it? That's a good question. It's quite... Well, it's, it's cell animation. Cell? Yeah, it's not like CGI or anything right. like that. It's It's... I guess it's 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 quite similar to something like Belleville Rendezvous, right. except not as caricatured or anything mm. like that. Um, it's quite it's quite a despite the the concept of it being very strange and quite grim in places. It's actually quite a grounded film. Yes, um, it it tells about real tragedy, real real grief, and a real sense of identity and this one kid now fell now fell yeah um and his as rob said and his place in the world so i loved it i With, thought it was brilliant <laughs> I, I would say this is exactly the sort of film yeah. where i like to venture into um I, I suppose stuff that goes for awards like you're already saying they've submitted it yeah where i feel like well i suppose go back to the irishman where yes. I feel like that'll be submitted through for all these reasons there, but actually it's not really that good a film. It's mm. all more for the accolade behind. Yeah. Whereas this film, rightly so, yes, it's absolutely, it's beautiful, it's interesting, there's stuff happening, it makes you think about things, it it doesn't follow a generic storyline no. or even resolve in a way that you would expect, but then it doesn't it doesn't branch out into, you know, there was, there was always the thought throughout my head of, well, when it does, like, what's the hand going to do if it does yeah. reach its body? And that's not that's not the point. And you know that from the film. Actually, that's not the point. No, it, it's it's about all these um, 
metaphors and allegories as, as to going through this journey and actually what that means together. And it's, yeah. it's a lovely film to then go away with and think, I want to think about that a while. I want to let that sit with me and I want to unpack little little things from it and, and what it means for me. Yeah, and I say it's in the way that it's a two-part, it's effectively two two strands of the story being told at the same time. Yeah. One, the the kind of effectively the lead up to the dismemberment mm-hmm. and then also the the search of the hand going trying yeah. to get back to its body. Um so I think for me one of my favourite parts of the film I first of all to say that this is only this is a film that can only be told through animation. Yes. There is absolutely no other uh, style of film that this could be told through because you would you would lose the emotional heart of the film if it was told as a, a real life action film or I think it's know, a real life yeah <laughs> rom com um, or like a comedy. It's it's <clears throat> hand meets man. The, the, <laughs> if this if this was told as a if this was told as a CGI animation, you would lose that emotional core of the film mm-hmm. because you go into it automatically going right. It's an animation. I I know kind of now what to expect from it. You allow the fantastical nature of it to feel far more real yeah. than, say, even say something like Toy Story, for example. Yeah, but I think I think it, it it's it's good in so many different ways in terms mm. of you think of the difficulties this film could have had yeah. and start to think that they, they don't happen. So in terms of the hand, you need to identify with this hand, mm. and you know you've not got a face, so you've not got anything like that to actually. Um, have that emotional connection with the hand, mm. but they do an incredible job through various environments that the hand is in and the way it interacts to to create that emotional resonance with yeah. this dismembered body part. You've got in terms of non non linear storytelling, so you very much um, you're not seeing right at the beginning, there, middle, end. It, it jumps around, yeah. um, and there's always the difficulty there of then getting confused as to what's actually happening. At no point do you think, "Well, I'm not sure actually where this fits in," but then that that provides great tension of, right? I know he's going to lose his hand at some point, yeah. And you've then got this whole of mystery of, well, how's it going to happen? I and, mean, and why did it happen? I mean, yeah. it's, it's got uh, lost in the title, but I was thinking of lost in terms of. Um, uh, if you've ever watched the show with John Locke, and there's a whole thing of um, spoilers. If you've not watched it, don't listen to this because it's one of the amazing twists of it. Um, <laughs> is in terms of how <laughs> Adam just well put his Adam, hands over his ears. Um, how he ended up in the wheelchair, and that was something that yeah. that was then one of these these mysteries and compelling mysteries. And he had this same sort of idea here. And actually, when it got to a part where I thought it was going to happen, I was I knew I was enjoying the film because I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to yeah. see it happen to him, and I was like. Is is there going to be a double bluff here, and it's not his hand? But you've got the you've got little cues there uh, to tell you tell you differently. And I thought yeah. that was very well done. It's 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 so yes, it's 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 clever direction. Uh-huh. I think that's it. and 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 clearly very clever storyboarding. And uh-huh. I think the great thing about the hand is that it kind of reminded me of Gromit from Wallace and Gromit, in that it's able to <laughs> it's able to tell you the hand is able to tell you the its emotions right, okay, and what it's you. thinking before it does it without you even being able to see a mouth or eyes or any sort of, sort of yeah. verbal communication you you understand like right at the beginning of the film like when the when the hand comes out of the fridge yeah. and it just slaps onto the floor yeah and it's like like wandering around like a like a baby deer yes, it's, it's almost learning. like yeah. it's like it's like rebirth you yeah. know it's like it's weird but and, but then you see it become stronger and more determined yeah. and more emotional as the film goes on yeah. i loved it i i re- it's it's one of my films of the year 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd say exactly the same, really. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic film. Mm. And even the, the cues as well, because sometimes in films, now because I've watched so many, especially story-wise, you, you know, you have the opening scene and you're like, right, that's queuing up this for later, that's going to come back in. And, yeah. Um, let's say we did Skyscraper, which is a film I watched recently. You know... The, some, the, the Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Rock Johnson. Film, yeah. And you watch it because you know it's going to be silly. Yeah. But you can guess the end of the film how it's going to resolve through things that they are saying what? so obviously you can <laughs> so obviously at the beginning I remember it's something my mum used to be able to do where she was like oh that'll be that and I used to be like how, how, how does she know? know but then you see it in films you're like right with I Lost My Body there was there was a beginning part there and you're thinking oh right how's that going to tie in but mm. at no point could you predict or really want to predict and it was more what these what these represent um, I'm thinking in terms with the fly that, yeah. that crops up and what that then means and you know which scenes it's it's just an interesting film to then pull apart yeah and it's very much those sort of films are like where it's what does this fly mean what does it represent what could that mean in terms of then what the main characters said mm. and especially if you think of uh, with the rooftops when they're sat and they're talking in terms of fate yeah it's such an important scene there but then such an interesting thing to write take that conversation apply it to this what does that mean what can you take out the astronaut another thing yep. cropping up what does that mean how does it how does it do and that's where you got rich storytelling that's where you got interest and that's that's key to any film that i love is a film you can do that with i don't need everything wrapped signposted, up or tied or yeah. signpost towards yeah. it it's like it still gives you that that leeway of you can interpret this in in different ways here there's there's interest there but at no point does it leave an incomplete story no to be too abstract to just be like this is this this is this and you think as well this film this this story is told succinctly and wrapped up in an hour and 20 yes. minutes yeah. an hour and 20 minutes bang done yeah and it's like it is it's telling you it's 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 a great lesson to those out there that think their films have to be over two hours long mm. and beyond. Well, actually, three and a half hours. Well, I'd three and a half hours. This is an antithesis long, yeah. in terms yeah. of the Irishman. Uh, my argument: if you condense it down, you have the most important things, and you give them that care and attention, yeah. rather than stretch them out for so long. Yeah, and that's where you great, great films. But then again, you'd think of uh, the Avengers: Endgame. That film didn't feel long, but they've no. got so much feeding into that that they need to give it service because you've almost got multiple films within this film there. Yeah. And and they need to wrap up. It's not just the storyline of that film that's being told. No. So it's about looking how long do I need this? And I think that's a real key to many films is to to the length. So in terms of needed. editing then, yeah. Avengers Endgame is greatest hits. The Irishman is a prog metal album, which yeah. is which needs about half of it sliced yeah, off it just needs yeah. it needs cutting up completely there we go yeah so is it a classic i think i think so yeah i'd love it to be and especially it's funny because actually the diamond Bell and the butterfly is one of my other favorite films which is a french film as yeah. well and i think the reason i like that is similar to this film is that it has that emotional idea behind it it has those questions it really it still gives you a story, but then makes you question things about your own life and feeds into it. And yeah. uh, um, I think it definitely deserves to be a classic. Oh, I do entirely. And you know, who would have thought the French were were good at cinematic storytelling, eh? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought it? But even just the hand parts, like it, it, just watching some of those scenes, there's mm. so much tension. And they're so well shot and well put together and yeah. paced, and um, like the rats. Oh, the rats! Yes, um, the, the pigeon. 
right at the beginning when right he's where the, oh, the, yeah, sorry. Yes. I forgot about yeah, that. That's the, so yeah. good. Yeah, the, like that that's a that's a brilliant like, obviously we don't want to say too much because we definitely think you should go and watch this film. Get onto Netflix and put I've lost my body um at, right onto your list and watch it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And it, just the last one, that just because I liked it as well, the contrast with the piano and he's re- reaching for his whiskey. Yeah. Ah, oh. Again, sorry, we're being very just, just cryptic. Just all the bits in terms of where the, where the hand comes in, there's yeah. something interesting, there's something, it, there's just so many things about that that you love, but it it could fall into where you're just wanting to watch it for to get back to the hand and you're annoyed mm. with this other story here, but no, yeah, there's just a beautiful balance between where they don't spend too long in either because they're both interesting. They're both moving towards the same point. It's the best animation that I have seen since Inside Out. Ooh. I would say. It's up there. Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, God, yeah, I did love Into the <laughs> Spider-Verse. That is true. Actually, no, I think it's better than Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just, yeah. It, just it, it connects to me a bit more. I think... Because I, too, have lost a hand. Yes, I can say. And you're not a spider. No, I'm definitely not a spider. <laughs> um, I'd just say if you if you write off animation yep. as as something not to watch or think it's childish or anything like that, you are so wrong because it, it, there is so many interesting things done. You think of Love, Death, and Robots is was an amazing excuse to put a series together of different animation styles and tell all these different stories, and that is definitely not for kids. It's potentially darker than most of the things I've seen live action. Undone on Amazon Undone, Prime is a, another is a example. fantastic But even animation. ones that, because I think there was a real movement in terms of uh, pushing animation that still had to be, you think of Adventure Time did a lot in terms of pushing through actually adults can enjoy this, Pixar as Rick well. Rick and Morty. Did it. Rick and Morty yeah. wouldn't be a thing if it yeah. wasn't for your Adventure Times, for yeah. your Steven Universe has brilliant things, Over the Garden yeah. Wall, um, yeah. Gravity Falls, which I mean, Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty, they're, they're friends. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really good now to see that animation is taken quite seriously as well and not just as, as a style which is, oh, animations is for kids. We like, we like stuff which live. I, I, see, I, personally, I, I know what you mean. I think animation and, I think animation has been taken seriously ever yeah. since The Simpsons, if I'm honest with you. Do you think? Her. I don't think well, so. Well, you think The Simpsons is the longest running primetime show of all time. It's the yeah. longest running, you know, TV series of all time, you know. And I think it, what is, ultimately, it doesn't really matter what the genre is or what the style is. It's about if you feel an emotional investment with the yeah. characters. I'd, I'd say I wouldn't go back that far because I remember South Park coming out. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, my parents being like, oh, we'll just put South Park on. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave in the room. And we'd be like, oh, children's TV is mint. <laughs> Look at that kid get his head ripped off. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so I think I think there was still a shift. But yeah. definitely there were things pushing through to be like... Do you know what? Yeah, with with South Park, I'll never, I'll never, for, I'll never forget my mum going... Uh, Aaron, why do you uh, why do you like the sounds of Barry White so much? <laughs> it's like because he's a character in South Park. Yeah. He plays chef. Oh, South Park. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Go. So go watch "I've Lost right. My Body." It's an absolute classic uh, on Netflix as soon as possible. Recommend? Yeah, definitely. Recommend? Recommend. And now it's time for... The, me. No. The good. <laughs> the good. 
It's not as if we've done this like 20 odd, 20 was, odd times before. I wasn't ready and you pointed at me. Uh, the good. And now it's time for... The good! I've the, it. And now it's time for... The bad. The good. And the power on! <laughs> right. Oi. So we're going to finish off uh, Alfish. Usually when we ask for Adam to bring a, a good, the bad and the power on, it's some rubbish film that hardly anyone has seen. Uh, that he thinks is uh, cruelly underrated. But this time, Adam is going to recommend a... No, we're going to... Not... <laughs> no, he's not recommending anything. Adam is going to tell us a film that he really, really dislikes that is universally very well liked or acclaimed. Yeah. Yes. Have you got one? Yeah. Fantastic. This will be weird. This is all... There's one film, because most films, if they're going to be like, oh, I can see some merit in them. But there's, there's a storm... Sorry, Someone, we have... Someone's not happy. <laughs> it, is, it is raining very heavily outside the, uh, the, the podcast studio. There's only one film I've not been so disappointed with, with the hype, Blade Runner. Nice. Blade yes. Runner is absolute tosh. <laughs> it's got very... I can't see any good merit in it. Any oh, very good merit? I can't see any good merit in the film. It's just it just meanders on for a bit. Then there's a nice um, speech at the end, and then they go off in the countryside. Oh, a magician is on, <laughs> yeah. okay. on the rooftop. Right. So Aaron's about to ask this. Which version have you watched? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I was about to ask that. Yeah, that's true. Um, it was the original. With the voiceover? Yes. Ah, see, you've watched the see, wrong No, you no, failed. no. You failed there. You, you see, the thing is, right, you can't, I cannot see a world where watching a slightly edited version is going to make, no, not. no, I okay. cannot see a world where a slightly edited version is going to make me go, well, this is actually a masterpiece. I can't see it. Okay, so you you watched the original version yeah. that had a narration over the top. Yeah. The narration okay. wasn't the problem. So when, so when, when, that, when the original was released, yeah, yeah that was effectively taken out of Ridley Scott's hands because mm-hmm. the producers said uh, that that focus group audiences didn't have a great understanding of what was going on in the film. So therefore, please, will you add in a voiceover so then it's more signposted? Mm-hmm. Much of the things that Rob has just said previous about certain things he dislikes about films about them being signposted. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> when when he then released the director's cut a few years later, he removed the Harrison Ford's or Deckard's voiceover over the top of the film and then added some additional things um, throughout the film and actually removed the whole bit of um, the, the Deckard and... I've not watched it in ages. Uh, Deckard and... Becca? Sally? I can't remember. Yeah, Becca. Be, Becca being, uh, like, flying off to, like, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. All right? Um they just fly off and crash. Or yeah. So at <laughs> the end of Greece, <laughs> <laughs> the bit you don't see. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing is, is that you are you are absolutely right. The the original Blade Runner is tosh, but you, I I would very heavily recommend you go and watch either the director's cut or the final but cut. I looked up. I, I looked up all the changes I made, and the changes I cannot see improving in such a sense. I would say it's a good film. Okay. Right. I, okay. There's the narration, get rid of that. Yes, that was that works against it, but without it, a, the plot is essentially still the same. So nothing really changes there, right? They we now they don't go in the countryside anymore, so the credits essentially change, right? 
And what other things is that unicorns? There's more unicorn scenes. I can live without them. Well, I'd say with the unicorn. Well, I'd say I don't like Blade Runner, and I, I watched. I didn't watch the um, original. No, I, I'd watched the whichever it would be, directors or otherwise. I didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, directors or Final Cut. Actually, yeah. lots of people like it. I should watch it again. And then I watched the original. I was like, no, this really is bad. Yeah. Um, but I do find the unicorn stuff interesting because then that leads in terms of the theory and the whole debate of is Deckard a replicant or not? Yeah, but I find it interesting. But theories only interest me if I find the film interesting itself. I completely agree. And I understand that. My, have you seen Blade Runner 2049? No, I haven't got wrong with it. Because, I was going to see it, and then I watched Blade Runner and went, nah, I'm not seeing it. No, no, it. because, well, I was the same. I wasn't really fussed on mm-hmm. going to see Blade Runner 2049. Um, but was that before or after he brought out Arrival? I think I'd seen Arrival. After. It was after, right, I'd yeah. seen Arrival, and I loved that film, so I was like, right, well, I yeah, want to so, see what, yeah. what uh, Dennis Villeneuve... Arrival, then Blade... Um, uh, Denny Villeneuve, yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, does with this. Right. And I think that 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 created that interest for me. Right. I'd say Blade Runner is such a hard one because I kind of get its merits. If you watched it when it first came out, that would have blown your mind because there wasn't like that whole scope and that realization yeah. in terms of that idea and the ideas it puts forward. I think are fantastic and yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. But watching it back now. And with the films that we've got now, and the other films that I was exposed to as a kid, it just didn't it didn't rate it didn't rate there, which is why I don't really like. That. Yeah, it's funny because I think there is there is a there's a generational gap between you and I, Rob, and, and Adam, and oh. I think that there is, I think it does ask the question, you know, about how films age over time. Mm-hmm. And one thing I could say is, and talking about sort of the opening scenes of Blade Runner, is that regardless of how old Blade Runner becomes, those first couple of minutes are some of the finest bit of sort of establishing sort of sense of time and place that you'll ever have put on film ever. Uh, you know, with the, with the, with the camera effectively scanning over the, 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 um, the sort of new LA sort of skyline is just terrific. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. But it's a case of I do think that is something that will age very well as the as the film gets older and older. But I can imagine for for Adam and that generational sort of gap, I can see how a film like Blade Runner wouldn't sort of sort of sort of be seen as in the same significance as say something like The Matrix, for example. <laughs> oh, the Matrix, and it's coming back. Do you know what I mean? Oh. So I think I I can understand that. I can understand and the, that. The Blade Runner now is in two senses in the past. Mm. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's time. Yeah, it's, it lied to us as well. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> it, 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 it I, love, I love Back to the Future <laughs> Two until 2015 came around. Yeah, now can't better look it, at it. it, it fairness, Where's Jaws 19? <laughs> where is it? <laughs> there's a, well, there's a lot like from it where I feel is actually coming quite true. But yes. I fear whether because it's been held in such high esteem, actually, it's influenced a lot of us. And actually, it was this big warning. And instead, we're like, "Oh, that looks awesome! <laughs> that looks so cool!" And now we're trying to replicate it. So it's uh, it's yeah, really messed where's, us up. Where's my damn hoverboard? <laughs> <laughs> I want it now. Yeah. Oh man. Do you, do you have my hoverboard, Adam? No, I've got uh, I've got your lace up shoes. Can I <laughs> can I actually add to your controversial opinion? I personally I think Blade Runner 2049 is a better film than Blade Runner director's car I would agree yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but a lot of people wouldn't because I think there is this perhaps it's a recency bias but I I do genuinely feel that 
Blade Runner 2049, it, it, it's, it is a necessary sequel. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. And you get the same thing where the, you know the music's and seeing it in a cinema was amazing. Where yeah. It's blasting out and you go over the skyline and just, you are oh, just, yeah. I, yeah. I love that film. Later in it though, I just can't, just can't get away with it. We had a wonderful experience at that, at that time. It was fantastic. We? I absolutely loved it. I think the hand holding was particularly lovely. Who were you holding hands with? It what? wasn't me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay, Adam, I can see how Blade Runner for you is... It's not, not, it's not I, up there you, with like, I do, funny games. I do feel... No, it's definitely not. I do feel... Um, I do feel as if you have watched the wrong version, though. But why don't you not like it? So, like, what were your because key it, reasons? I, I suppose it's the same with a lot of films that I, I don't particularly rate. Is it didn't it didn't capture us. It didn't interest us. No. It didn't it didn't mm. take us along with it. I'll, I was sitting there waiting for the move and everyone's like, oh, this is why everyone loves it. Yeah, and I never got that moment. And when the credits went, I was like, something after the credits happening. Oh, <laughs> come on, you tell me like Rutger Howard talking in the rain on the rooftop right. doesn't get you. No, I, I thought that was the best. Scene. That was the best part of it was the end, yeah. right? Um, the tears and rain. Yeah, um, it's a wonderful speech. speech. It is a lovely speech. Yeah. I'll read Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> okay, but that was. It wasn't enough for me to go, oh, this is why everyone loves it. It was more like, that's a nice scene. I enjoy that scene. Should have just made a short film on that scene. Uh, uh, right. I think as well for me, it's I'd struggle with the sort of emotional attachment. I think it's a very cold film in, in terms mm. of that actually you're dealing with replicants. And they're, they're, you're exploring this whole idea of yeah. you know, what, what, what it means to be human and sort of that, mm. which can then it's hard to... I, I find it very hard to identify, which is what I thought would happen with Blade Runner 2049, which is mm. quite... I'm quite amazed with how much I was invested with that story yeah. more than managed to in Blade Runner. So Blade Runner, I see, is more of a good setup, a good realisation right. of a world um, that then 2049 can, can build upon. Mm. And actually, you do get more of that emotional um, investment. And as well, I think... Was it before? Red Dwarf did a spoof of uh, like Blade Runner <laughs> with like Crichton running through... All the sheets of glass, glass. and stuff. Yeah. So I think then when, when I watched Blade Runner, I just had that scene in my head. <laughs> so then that's all I could think about was Crichton running through. So maybe Red Dwarf ruined it for me. <laughs> hey, do you know what, Adam? What? Good pick, mate, because mm. it's created a lot of discussion. So yeah, mm. well done to you. Well done. Well done. Oh, well done. Here's a unicorn. Oh. 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 come to the end of our podcast now a little shorter than usual we hope you've enjoyed it nonetheless uh before that though before we say our goodbyes we just need to wrap up our any other business we'll call it so uh adam over to you for plot twist right so last week yep well uh i believe it was a fan's dreams come true a fan's dream come true. Yeah. Now, Rob, did you have any other ideas of what uh, Willy this... Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, it could be. That's a good one, isn't but it? it's not. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the Phoenix window. No, because you've got a queue, apparently. Our queues? No, yeah. only, only in the first few days you yeah. queue. And what? then just go, go like later on in Christmas time. Well, there's hardly anyone there. I was going to go along because I'm very much where, if I've seen it, I've seen it. Like yeah. you'd, you'd see it there. But then my wife said, oh, you know you've got a queue. I was like, I'm not queuing for a no. window. The thing is, right, it's it's like when a new roller coaster opens up at a theme park, like the waiting time's like three and a half hours or something ridiculous like that. But like after a year, 
you know, when an- when another when another <laughs> new ride comes out, it drops to like ninety minutes. Yeah. And Phoenix Window is exactly the same. So when it first opens up in the queue, you can watch The Irishman. Yeah, and then when it's been on for a little bit, you can then just watch. I lost, I've my, lost body. my body. Exactly. Yeah, so wait, guys, just wait. Yeah, just just wait a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being impatient. Also, Greg's stop reversing your signs. He didn't, didn't do it this year. They, no, they got really told off for it. Didn't they? So, signs. What's this? I thought it was a genius bit of marketing. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. So you know when people spell backwards, Sagar. No, you know when you take a picture <laughs> of the window, yeah. it reflects the Greg sign. So ah. they reversed it so it actually read Greg's and the reflection. Oh, that's genius. It's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? It's a really Why clever idea. Well, because they effectively hijacked Fenix Window <laughs> by by doing that clever it's bit clever of marketing it's very sponsor. clever do you still make Jesus a sausage roll genius no. Jesus that wasn't a very genius bit of marketing no it lacked a little bit of decorum yeah didn't it, especially perhaps. as he yeah. was um, Jewish and they don't eat meat do they no well they don't well, eat pork they don't eat pork yeah so uh, uh. yeah made him a sausage roll have you had a vegan sausage roll yet I have had one what did you think of it Um, I would say it was like I sort of like, you know when you get like a cheap sausage roll from elsewhere than Greg's? It was still nice. No, I only buy the best. Is it trying to replicate meat? Yes. Because this is my whole In thing. In terms of this, texture, yeah, this, to an extent. Like, if you don't want to eat meat, then why why do we make stuff that is like meat? Because you, you don't... Want, do you want to kill animals? Is that what you're saying? You want animals no, to th- die? No, that's not my oh, point. Oh, no. No, my I point is there's it. so many lovely things which are just vegetarian and vegan that don't need to look like a steak. Yeah, so, like, I've, why do we have this sort of idea that we yeah, need to need to replicate these same things? Put something nice in the sausage roll. Just have it's, a it's roll. Be, I think it's because people who generally really, really like meat mm. but, but, uh, but understand that they... They want to A, live a healthier diet, or B, want to be more sort of eco-friendly. Eth- ethnically, ethnically con- ethically conscious <laughs> uh, or environmentally friendly. Yes, there you go. Want to do, want to do something, but they don't then want to you know, miss out on that taste and that texture. Yeah. That, that's for that particular audience. I that would. If, if the sausage, if like there was a meat substitute that tastes just the same or better, I would. I'll become vegan. Well, or vegetarian. Like, corn, corn is awesome. Corn, yeah, but it doesn't taste the same. Corn, but exactly. So corn, why corn what? is not awesome? Yes, no, it is. It depends <laughs> on what you get. Like, it depends which one you get. Yeah, the yeah. corn pieces. Oh my goodness! So it's really nice. Some of it's you think not. Nah. Yeah, but it's because they're trying to replicate these different <laughs> things. So just have some nice corn. Like just have it in a block. Block of corn. Block of corn. Block. <laughs> That's what? my recommendation what? this week. What are we having for Daddy, tea? I, was gonna, I was just about to say the exact same thing. Daddy, what's for dinner? My daughter would love that. You're having a block of corn. Plonk. Hey. Just whack it on the plate. Corn, yeah, but, corn, that, corn. but that's the same with like, the steak. Like you just spam. whack it on the plate. So nah, block of season on first. Block of corn. What? Just whack you it on. bland steak. <laughs> no, but you do the same then with the corn. It doesn't have to replicate where you call it a corn steak. Yeah, but it can just be a block you, of corn. What if you want a steak, right, but you don't want... Don't be a vegetarian. Right. So, right. (laughs) Corn. Corn. Right. Is it corn or corn? Corn 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 is like corn corn the cob. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not meat. It's corn. Yeah, I know that. fine with that. Corn's from mushrooms. Corn. Corn. Yeah, such a stupid name as well. Right. So, (laughs) corn or 90% pork sausage? What? Like, either or, pick one. 
Well, if I'm vegetarian, I'm no, going to go if you're, if you're just, if you're Generally, if you're, if you're just an omnivore. I am an omnivore. Yeah, so you what, are? Yeah, you, you do literally everything. Yeah. But yeah, what I'm saying is, is if you had to, would you go corn or sausage? I'd kill a cow. That's in terms of character. But I, it's something in terms of that I've reduced. Don't be a politician here, it. Rob. Answer the I question. I will take your phone and put it in my pocket in a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> meat is murder. <laughs> I'm just saying you don't need to replicate the same thing. I don't really like sausage rolls. Festive bake, though. Oh, yeah, I'll eat all the turkeys Nothing you want. Nothing overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Get out! You should have done that for the good, the bad, and the bad. What's overrated? What's over? Festive bake. Oh, I had one on Sunday. Yes, <laughs> that is a day of the week. Yeah, and I thought it was absolutely fine. I, I enjoyed it's it. It's fine. That's it. Yeah, no, it is. They're amazing. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't put it in the amazing now, category. I would say you said you had a sticky toffee pudding once. Yes. Uh, and um, I had one, uh-huh. and it was very nice. Yeah, it is good. It's really nice. I had for breakfast. Yeah. Mm, you had lovely. a sticky toffee pudding. For bre- <laughs> you had a sticky toffee pudding for breakfast. Yeah. I what ate... sort of animal are you? Well, I passed Greg's when we were at work. I went, oh, "I'll be breakfast." Did you get confused with the sign being backwards, and you thought you had to do that, <laughs> had to do that throughout the day? <laughs> like, Start oh, with your dessert <laughs> for your tea. <laughs> right, hold on. We've kind of lost the point. Anyway, here. plot, plot twist. twist. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far, you come to. What are people's guesses? How would Willie Watt know Chocolate Factory or Charlie Chocolate Factory? Whether which way you're inclined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your guess? Uh, my guess, Adam, is um, The Hunger Games. Where have you got that from? Where have you got that from? No one's a fan of The Hunger Games. There you go. Dreams no, come true. I'll, I'll stick to it. Where did you extrapolate? Well, no, but actually, well, actually no, in some of the districts, they, they train people for they it. Do. Like, it's like an honour. So yeah. you'd potentially, with you, this whole plot twist thing, you'd potentially be thinking they are a fan right. of the Hunger Games and their dreams have come true and then they get killed. Right? <laughs> some of them do. No, um, um, well, the ones so, that would be fans. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's my, that's my guess. I don't, is, need, do you know what? I don't even care if it's wrong. I know in myself that... It is a, wrong. You already a, know it's wrong. it's a brilliant answer. You've got to admit, it's yeah, brilliant. It's Thank you. you. I don't think you've thought that through. I think you've relied on... I've, uh, dig, I've relied on them. It's Rob. Hello. No, it's not. <laughs> I've relied on who? Me. You've relied on everyone to build you up, buttock up, just to let you down. Right. There's something about around. Mary. Can you just tell know. me? It is misery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's oh, amazing. that's really good, Adam. Yeah, you got thank you. You've that's excelled. really good. It's misery, everyone. Oh, misery. God, if you got really that right, good. you get a prize. I don't think you'll hit these right. heights again. Right, <laughs> right. Podcast listeners, if you have never watched the film Misery, go and watch it, and you'll see why Adam's <laughs> very, very <laughs> vague plot is absolutely spot. Yeah, that does. Actually, I'm going to just. I'm not standing. Well done, Adam. Yeah, I did stand up then for that one. That's what. Right. So, uh, you got a new one for us, Adam. Yes. Are you currently thinking yeah. about it Time in your now. head? Right? Should we do, do you, Should we do? Fir- yeah, we'll do, do our thirty-second recommendations. All right. So, uh, do you want to start, Rob? Yes. Three, two, one. Off you pop. Okay, I'm going to recommend. Oh, which one? Uh, I'll go for. Oh no, I'm using my time up. That's five seconds. Watchmen. I'll go for Watchmen. Okay, so Watchmen is the new show from Damon Lindelof on HBO. I was going to recommend The Leftovers, which led a lot in terms of Watchmen. Watchmen's doing some incredible things and has just dropped an episode, which is honestly, I'd say, an absolute masterpiece. If you're not watching it, or if you watched a few and you think, "Mm, is this for me, keep it going. It gets absolutely amazing, bizarre, absolutely phenomenal. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Well done. Are you watching it? 
No. Oh, God. But you did just say HBO. HBO, yeah. Yeah, why? HBO. Yeah. Yeah, because HBO is fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> the only issue with HBO is, is that when the, the first screen comes on, mm. I always expect the Sex and the City like music to come on like dun, 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 which is really dun, dun, jarring dun, 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 dun. than if you're watching like Leftovers or something that's full of misery do you know what Sex, Sex and the City was something that as a TV series was brilliant but my my kind of my feeling towards it has been massively tainted by the films because the films are dog awful I have to say I've not really watched Sex and the City I had two oh. older sisters so oh. they, they often watch the stuff that the music was through. But Se- you've just admitted that you've watched it all. <laughs> I did. I, 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 loved, I loved Sex and the City in the TV series. I oh, thought really? it was brilliant. Yeah, it was very well written. Great characters. Um, very funny. And, but then the, the films were just absolute dogmark. Oh, terrible. Yeah. That's why you should stop while you're ahead. Like Indiana oh, Jones definitely. did. Like I, I, if they decide to make a third one, I'm, I'm, Boycotting I'm, it. I'm going to unfollow... Sarah Jessica Parker. You do that. Yeah. Ready for your recommendation? Yes, I am. Is it Sex and the City? <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Uh, I'm going to recommend Mid 90s. Uh, it's the directorial debut from Jonah Hill. It's on Netflix now. Oh, cool. It was released a few months ago, so the fact that it's on Netflix now is fantastic. Uh, it tells the story of a young lad called Stevie growing up in the mid 90s. Um, constantly bullied by his older brother he um, finds solace with a group of skaters Um, a couple of them have nicknames which I cannot absolutely cannot repeat on this podcast Um, and they kind of guide him through his life as a 13 year old boy who's just trying to find his place in the world it's I thought it was a fantastic uh, debut film from a a very uh, talented uh, uh, filmmaker fantastic and it's a 98% match for me Oh, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, 90s, so, uh, it's, it's, on so it came out, I think, May or June in in this year. So as I said, the fact that it's on Netflix now already, uh, it obviously didn't do very well at the box office, but I I really really enjoyed it. Um, I know I'm sort of going over my thirty second yeah, recommendation, say, but um, yeah yeah, do check it out. It's got some lovely sort of it's no, it's nostalgic without being overly nostalgic just saying on that I was just looking in terms of my list to see the other matches and they've all got 98% match so I'm guessing Netflix is just like right he's added it to his list I think we're going to put that this is a 98% match yeah, but two percent just just to be careful. Just be careful. I don't know if you can get a hundred percent match on Netflix. Mm, no, because there's no such thing as a guarantee. Oh, can you get ninety nine percent? Maybe. Oh, maybe one day. Maybe big right. data. Adam, over to you. <laughs> yes. Three, two. One, so go for it. Ip Man. Oh, yes. Really? Ip Man. Yeah, Ip Man. Yeah, Fantastic sort of martial arts film. Uh, oh, I'm thinking chore- Choreography yeah. is fantastic throughout. Just like shot brilliantly. Not this shit. It's calm nonsense. And it is based on a true story. Who would have known? It's fantastic. Um, he essentially has to save his village. It's very nice. I like it. It's very, it's very nice, even including the part where they're kicking each other in the face. Like, oh, there's a scene where like twenty he just takes on twenty people. Yeah. And oh, watching that. Is it? it is it, it, it like the raid? So like that it, sort of mm, nowhere, nowhere near as brutal uh, as that. But it is. It man and It Man Two are great. Yeah. Are great um, sort of kung fu movies, mm. and uh, they're very. Without those films, you wouldn't have had the likes of a lot of the John Woo movies. Yeah. You wouldn't have had things like The Raid. Do you know who... John Wick? 
Wick? Wick? No, you wouldn't have had John Wick. You know, plays Ip Man. It's the guy from Star Wars Rogue One, the blind ah, person. Ah, awesome. Him. Would it, in fairness, when he said it, the reason I went, uh, is because I thought my head went to Repo Man. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Jude Law, which is a terrible film. It's got like, four or five on Amazon. <laughs> it's Re- 22% on tomorrow. Repo, Repo. 87% like this film. <laughs> Re- Repo Man is, um, that's a that's a reboot of the film, because it was the original, I'm sure, had... Um, oh, Ip Man. This is a no, 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 re, no. Re, Repo Men is yeah. so there was a there was a version of that in the eighties, which I'm fairly sure starred Emilio Estevez. I, don't I might, know. I you might could be just wrong. Be throwing out names, but I'm yeah. Look so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so there's our thirty second recommendations. Yeah. Our glowing review of I've Lost My Body. Yes. I do you know what I would say? This has been a golden year for Netflix. They have released some outstanding material. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a plot twist. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah sorry. sorry. I <laughs> God, this outro has taken ages. I know. Oh, this, is, this is the longest it's part like of the 14 outro. 14 minutes long. Right, so, right, this is tune in, guys. Yeah. When he kills a man who attempts to break into his home, he takes over his role, making his family question his I know motives. It. I know it, Santa Claus. You might guess next week. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it right? You gave too much. Tim Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen, Santa yeah, Claus. He only brutally murders Santa Oh, he's yeah. already got it right. Got it right. It's too easy. So, <laughs> if you think you know. <laughs> so, audience, if you if the only joy you get in your week is guessing, <laughs> plot twist, it's been ruined. You have no delight left in your life as, <laughs> as joy has slowly withering away. Well, someone's killed Santa. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next week, I'm going to come back with a plot twist. It's like a Monday Macbeth, that film. Monday. You know what, oh, right? Santa Claus. Yeah, because yeah. he kills someone to get their job. And there's witches. Yeah, yeah but he doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't mean to kill Santa Claus. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's because it's manslaughter. It's fine. <laughs> Is this a dagger I see before me? <laughs> no, it's Santa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But Shakespeare you... <laughs> was so good, wasn't he, back in the day? Like, he knew what he was doing. Right, I shouted block of corn for too long, which would mean this is going on for far too long. <laughs> right, it just leaves us to just say this, Rob. I'm leaving here. Thanks, everybody. Block of corn.